no better way to get better at football than playing football. So, like, you know. Taylor's going to finish it! I've always been confident in my abilities. I think, you know, I'm a guy that can go out there and I always believe in myself that I'm going to get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third. Ryan, end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it! Oh, what a play! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, yo. <clears throat> Please be sure to follow us on social media. Twitter handle is at the Colts cast. Instagram is at Colts cast. YouTube is up as well. Go ahead and search us up on there. We're the first ones to pop up. Yo. I got... I got some cold stuff on the way. I didn't tell you about this, Jamal. No, you sure recording. did. <clears throat> got on NFLshop.com. I ain't gonna tell you. All right. I ain't gonna tell y'all either. Just wait, wait, wait for the next spot. It'll be up. Ah, hey, I don't know. You know they on that uh free business day shipping, so or yeah, free three to five business day shipping. So it'll probably be here end of next week. I got some stuff. I got some stuff. Two things before we get into our main segment. One. As of Thursday night, February 9th, we still don't have a head coach. Dun, dun, dun. It's starting to feel like we're waiting until after the Super Bowl. When Shane Steichen will be available. <laughs> what do you think, Jamal? I think that Jim Irsay has been doing an excellent job of doing everything except for picking a coach. Whether that be giving out Super Bowl tickets, oh, retweeting yeah. stuff posting pictures of him and Peyton and, and Reggie or uh, Marvin Harrison and Edwin James doing everything under the sun except for picking a quarter or picking a head coach for his team. What if that picture had Jeff Saturday? We would have already known. What was- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've seen a couple of reports that said they've already let Jeff know he's not going to be the head coach. Now, of course, I don't believe anything until I see it in writing right. because uh, yeah, we, we know what to expect with that. But, I don't know, man. I don't know. Jim Irsay, he's on another planet right now. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Second thing, we posted a theoretical trade scenario where, let me explain this. We send the 2023 second round pick, 2024 third and fifth round pick for none other than T. Higgins. With that, we got a ton of different answers on whether this would be good for the Colts. And that's good. You don't want a lopsided where it's it's you know oh no that's horrible for the Colts or oh no that's amazing because then it's probably not a realistic trade scenario. So you know, again, you can argue either way. On one hand, you're getting a true number one wideout potentially with T. Higgins, that could be great for us, being an upgrade at wide receiver. On the other hand, we give up a considerable amount of draft capital for that upgrade. So right now i'm I'm letting colts nation Bengals nation they're they're discussing that i'll leave it up in the air i'll it, tell you what i gotta say about it what's up 85 can you do something for me hey bro we need a, we hey. need a wide receiver one go let's go ahead and get him man oh you already talking about michael Pittman isn't a wide receiver one yeah i've been saying that that's old news oh, wow. yeah yeah no no no. you gotta be able to catch prime time passes in prime time games bro mm. michael Pittman, he's dropped a couple this last season talk to him mm. Two games he dropped them, the Commanders game, and what other game was that? His games, uh, he could have kept us alive in a drive. I mean, no no offense to him, but, you know, you want that wide receiver one money. You got to put them wide receiver one accolades, man. You got to do mm. it. 
Yeah, and you know he's not intentionally tanking for us. So no, yeah, not at all. He's playing for them bucks, the yeah. recognition. So yeah, it's it's really what the Bengals want to do, you know, as, as they go about paying their stars. You know, Joe Burrow's due in a year. They got Jamar Chase. What do they do about Joe Mixon? Things like that. This ain't a Bengals podcast. Let's talk about <laughs> Colts. Let's, let's let's get right into it. 2022 season for the Indianapolis Colts was a failure. We know that. It's especially evident by our lack of players selected for the Pro Bowl. No matter your opinion on the Pro Bowl, it is still quite an honor to be selected. Even though fans get a third of the votes, you know, posting all over social media, I think I feel like it's like the NBA. You can post as many times as you want and get multiple votes. Uh, and players, you know, when they vote, they don't really have any consistency on who they think are the best players at that position. They might choose their friends, yada, yada. Quentin Nelson, he got selected to be in the Pro Bowl. Only Indianapolis Colts player. Only, and he, he's got a, a nice ring to it, too, because he also has uh, made the Pro Bowl in all five of his seasons. That's crazy. It is. Um, the first thing I want to say about that is that's again, congratulations to him. That's a big honor. Uh, not too many people can say they've made to the Pro Bowl five consecutive years since your rookie season. I mean, that that's huge. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of him for making that. But going back to what you were just saying about the one third votes being of, you know, gin pop and then uh, players getting a chance to vote as well. You, you have to ask yourself what the way the Colts seasons season has gone. The way everybody on the field looked this year, I mean, was that a fluke for Nelson to get it? Is it a popularity contest? Because there, I think there are plenty of other guards out there who who had a a better year than you know than Nelson did. And I just kind of feel like it it could be one of those things where it's like, well, we're on a hot streak right now. You know, he he he's looking good, so why not just keep him going? Or not, he's looking good, but he has been consistent there every year why not just keep the name going for him i mean he's the hottest thing he's the highest paid guard you know i feel like it's kind of a an act you know just a a handout more so an act of kindness yeah there you go (laughs) yeah um we had a horrible season we know that but particularly i want to talk about quinn nelson we want to talk about him i mean he's been a perennial all pro guard for us like you said, and all pros that that that's a more prestigious honor than Pro Bowl. So, but if you ask me, has he regressed since signing that four year contract, making twenty million annually? Man, that's eighty million dollars. Hot, what biggest biggest guard contract ever? Mm. Yep, that's what I want to talk about, Jamal. The regression. What what's the deal? What what exactly happened to Big Q? That's a great question. And just to take it from top, like you were just saying, 20 million a year. I think the next highest guard up is getting paid 16 and a half million. That's a, it's a big difference. Two and a half million is a big difference. Um, that's uh, speaks volume for himself. When we take a look at Big Q this year, I mean, because the, the regression has been significant. I know at the beginning of the season, uh, the first thing I said was, you know, they rate, they waited as late as they could to get this contract rewritten for him. And I thought that that was going to play a little bit of a role because he was upset. I know that I read a couple things saying he was upset about, you know, it taking so long, et cetera. Um, so I don't know whether or not Colts staff couldn't come to an agreement because Ballard made it pretty clear last season that we were going to pay the man no matter what the case was. So there was there was no question that we were going to be paying him, you know, a $20 million man. 
uh, which they made it happen. But it seemed pretty weird that it took so long for it. But I we also if they were uh, sorry to cut you. I no, wonder no, if ahead, they go. were talking, you know, of course, we're going to pay him. We want to retain him. But, you know, how much? Yeah, like, I'm sure there were some negotiations. Oh, for sure. I, I, I that guarantee money. I mean, he got 60 million guaranteed. I'm sure that played a big role in it or kind of what those incentives are going to be, because, again, in this day and age where guaranteed money talks, that's that's what players that's, want. That's you, the important money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can opt out or you can get traded and now boom, all of a sudden you lost 30 million that you you plan on getting. So I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that had a big thing to play in it. But another another issue I think that we kind of ran into this year with Quentin is we forgot that he had like three surgeries this offseason, um, you know, on that on his ankles. So you can't really expect him to be back a hundred percent, even you know, even after those surgeries we saw with with Shaq this year as well. Um, even with these surgeries, you can't expect a player to be back, but we also can't deny the fact that it has just progressively gone downhill since the 2019 season. Uh, we take a look back in, in time for us, uh, looking at PFF, 2019, he was graded at a 91.2 overall. We dropped that to 2020. We dropped down to an 86.2 overall. We look at 2021. We've dropped now to a 69.1 overall. Then we look at 2022. We dropped down to a 68.4 overall. So that's a huge, huge drop we've seen over the past three years for him. Um, and I know there are many factors that go into this. I'm not saying that, you know, that we're going to just take that overall and what PFF says and just and run with it. But their numbers don't lie. You know, we, we can definitely see the regression there. Um, be it being the injury, as well as a couple other things I want to talk about here in a minute. But I just have to wonder what has happened. I mean, we, we, he had allowed five sacks a year, which was tied for fourth. Um, he had only had five penalties this season. I'm not really concerned with that because that's not that big of a deal. But I think that it's one of those things where we see a player play at such an elite level. Whenever they play like normal, you just, you're upset. You know, you, you think to yourself, well, what's going on? I mean, he, he's, he's gone down tremendously, but, and I'll talk about some of the film I watched here in a couple minutes. Uh, but, you have to ask yourself, I mean, was he just playing at such an elite level that now he's gone to an average, and I say average in air quotes, an average uh, guard? Now we're just going to disregard it all that he's done before, and it's just like, all right, he, he's on the you know the, the demise now. So I, I didn't think he really – so that PFF grade, the 2021 season, I, I thought he played well that season. Um, of course, we don't know what goes behind that grade. Yeah. But I I don't think um, yeah I I didn't really think like he was terrible, um, but I do know some of those numbers that you were just talking about. I can talk to him, talk to y'all about it a little bit. You know, per PFF, Quinn Nelson allowed four sacks in his first four seasons, over four thousand offensive snaps played, only four sacks. It's That's wild, crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Look, guess how many allowed this season? Jamal already spoke to it. A five piece. Five sacks in one season compared to four in four previous seasons. I don't know how you define regression. I feel like that's what it is. Uh, you know, I, I think he was just he was better in the run blocking department, you know, I guess this year. But the the times I saw him struggle, pass blocking. 
all the times I noticed him struggle was while watching games when he was pass blocking. So <laughs> Josie Jewel laid him flat on. I've <laughs> never seen this happen. <laughs> all, all the Colts games I've watched, I've never seen Quentin Nelson get laid out, get absolutely pancaked by a player before. And that happened in the Broncos game. And then in the Giants game, I watched Dexter Lawrence completely overpower him. And he drove him all the way back to Sam Ellinger. Now, Sam Ellinger should have saw this pressure coming because it was just backstepping into him. But, of course, it's Sam Ellinger. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Dexter Lawrence was just pushing this man back, just manhandling him and drove him all the way back, pushed him off and sacked Sam Ellinger. Y'all ever seen Quentin Nelson get obliterated like that? I haven't. This is something new. So you might say I'm cherry picking these plays out, but honestly, I, I've just never seen it before. It's unprecedented to me. No, I, I agree. I mean, you can, and like you said, you can call that cherry picking if you want to. However, th- there are more plays than just those mm. out there. Um, there, there are, and and we're we're not saying these to downplay anything that Nelson has done this season where we're saying it because you have to point out the obvious, you know, you can always point out the highlights. I can, I can blabber on and on about uh, the pulls he did, you know, the, these, these backside hits he's been doing all season long, but you also have to approach these ones where you're just like, this ain't the same guy who went 4,000 snaps and allowed four sacks. You know, that that's just not the same person we're looking at right now. So I think is, I think you're only right to, to mention those. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, our, our season bet for Colts getting over 30 wins went oh. down the dra- or I'm sorry, why did I say 30? Oh. 10. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57, excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what prop bets will be boosted. I know I locked in one here uh, just today for a thirty for either team to score 30-plus points, and I think that the Chiefs are going to manage to pull that one out. Uh, should be an exciting game for everybody, though. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportbooks with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Look, I I feel like I've been talking down on Quinn Nelson and I I don't want to I I just don't want to attack him, but his performance it it was he was one of the players where I said at the beginning of the season in the preseason, I said, you don't have to worry about. We know what Quinn Nelson is about. He has nothing to prove to me because I know he'll get the job done. He's done it the four previous seasons. So why should I doubt him in his prime? I mean, he's like, what, 27, 26, 26. Yeah. Look, I've just I think we should be worried about Big Key's performance. Like you said, the ankle. From what I saw, it was a high. I thought it was just just like a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I thought so too. But so you, you got to ask the question. I mean, did the injuries affect them? 
Um, that's a part of it. That's a factor. But is this the start of the decline, or is this just a one-off season? That's that's a, that's a very valid question to ask. And you know, I went back and watched uh, the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs game as well as the Commanders game. And when he went against Chris Jones and the Chiefs and Jonathan Allen for the Commanders, I, I saw similar aspects in both games, um, which weren't good. Um, to be honest with you, like you said, not to downplay everything, but I thought overall was a pretty even matchup for both games with both Chris Jones and Jonathan Allen. What I noticed when, when Nelson lost, he lost like when big yeah. Q just got beat, it was, it was ugly. Um, but even bigger than that, the biggest thing I noticed, and I know you talked about the run blocking being better than the pass blocking, which I do agree. It was better. I still think it was subpar. There was just no explosion that that his feet weren't moving off from the line of scrimmage. They they were just getting stuffed at the line. And that is where the biggest issues come in, because I don't care who you are as a defensive lineman. If you're not allowing them to push you two yards back on a run play, then you've won. You've won. So you may look at this and say, well, Chris Jones didn't get to the, you know, didn't get to the quarterback six times or Jonathan Allen didn't get back there six times. What matters is, is neither one of them, got pushed to the linebackers level anytime during the game. They all they were able to stay home or get into the backfield. And and that's a problem as an offensive lineman. Um some of the biggest things with Nelson I saw his explosion off the ball was not there. He was standing up a lot more than what I've seen in the past for him, kind of standing up at a straight angle. Again, I don't know if the pressure maybe on his ankle still wasn't what it was up to. I don't know if compensating for a, a subpar left tackle, you know, for half the season was was an issue for him. We all know Ryan Kelly has been in another time zone since last season. <laughs> so I don't know what it is with him either. If, if I can only imagine that there's just this was an accordion where it was all out of whack to where maybe Quentin didn't know what to do. Maybe he didn't know who to help or when to help. Although you do have your normal blocking assignments, you can abandon those assignments. I saw a couple plays where where uh Nelson abandoned a double team with um Ryan Kelly to try to get to linebacker and then once he left Kelly gave up the block and and um a quarterback was getting hit in the backfield, whether that be Matt Ryan or or um, Sam. So there are there are times that you do these things, and I just from what I saw, there were more often than not times where Nelson's feet weren't moving once the ball snapped. And not when I say moving, not that he wasn't actually trying to move, but they weren't moving up the field. They were either moving back or they were moving lateral. And that's just something you can't have because you're going to lose the battle every single time. Now, like you said, I'm not going to sit here and downplay everything Nelson did all season long because I also discredit the or uh, the wide receivers, um, the running backs, the quarterback. All these things are tight ends. Fact- yeah, tight ends. They're all factors in there. If we're pass blocking and I have a quarterback, as much as I like Sam out there, when I've watched film on Sam. Yo, he he's a baby Kyler Murray back there. When he gets the ball, he just starts moving all around the pocket, and that's not good because guess what? The offensive lineman can't see what you're doing. And as I've always said, Eric, if you're offensive lineman and you get a fumble when your quarterback fumbles the ball, you know why you got it? Because you weren't blocking. That means you 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 had no one on you, so you had the perfect opportunity to get the ball. He's also not Kyler Murray either, so. He, he he's better than Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray's trash. I I would never in my life. If you if you would have told me, Eric, if we would have had to pick, if we would have had to say, if we wow. can pick any quarterback this off season oh. to pick up, 
and you would have put Kyler Murray in that conversation, I would have I would well, have he, had to end he won't the podcast that be available, day. So oh I know what who wants to deal with that prima donna anyway. We're not talking about Kyler Murray today. Um <laughs> he is a child, but um um quarterbacks. <laughs> If quarterbacks can't scramble around the pocket all all crazy because the, the the linemen don't know what's going on. Defense linemen can see what's going on, so they can swim, they can finesse you all day long. Uh, but but just getting back on track with uh, Quentin Nelson, I just really was really 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 discouraged by his footwork, by his his lack of explosiveness off the ball, getting to the next level. I know that he was huge on that last year and the year before getting to the next level, doing a quick little shove off of the 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 two technique or you know the four technique and then getting to the next level. But this year I just didn't see it. And and I think that you know there's more than one reason to it, but it played a, a huge factor in the demise of of this team's six misfortune. I don't even say success because there was no success. There was no success. That was a great explanation though. Um, you talked about explosion. I would have to agree. I've seen some explosive plays by Quinn Nelson, something that was absent this year. I, I've seen him pull to the right and lay out a linebacker, like things like that. You just didn't see this year. There were no noteworthy highlights of Quinn Nelson. There's more just average level play, which is subpar for him, which is subpar for what we're paying for him. Uh, things like that. So, you know, for me, I'm hoping it's a one off. He got the biggest, you know, contract for a reason. Like he, he played at an elite level that only a few other guards can say I'm in that tier. I expect him to come back to form, you know, according to the athletics that Kiefer, he he's already mapped out how his off season is going to go and what he's got to do to get better. That that's good. Like he knows he's taking criticism. He's saying, I know I played poorly. I, this is what I got to do to get better. That's really good news. You don't see that from a lot of players and it's shot. It's, it's just not him that needs to get better, but this was about Quinn Nelson. That whole offensive line has yeah. to improve as a whole. <laughs> Brian Smith, Ryan Kelly, Bernard Raymond, Will Fries, you know, any other, any swing tackle we going to pick up anybody down the depth chart. Y'all, y'all got to get better. It's a must, especially if we get a rookie quarterback. I don't want sharks in the water just coming after him every single game. I want my quarterback to be protected. I want you guys to be performing at an elite level. That's that's what the Colts foundation has been for a long time. Always had a good running game. Always had a good O-line. Now I want to put all that together with a good quarterback and a good wide receiver group, some good coaching. Like Things need to be glued together. We can We can get right back into this. We can be playoff contenders within a year. I'm being serious. Oh yeah, no, you're 100 spot on with that. I mean, the the this is the again, this is the the final straw, as we would assume for Ballard. So I think that at this point, you put all your eggs in a basket, and you you do as much risky stuff as you need Got to, because you have nothing to lose here at this point. Yeah, nothing to lose. It's only going to hurt you more if you say, "I should have done this. I should have done that." No, do it all and have to ask for forgiveness versus not doing it and have to try to explain why you didn't do it like ask for forgiveness later after you yeah. mess up you have to hit the bullseye yep and all all that conservativeness that that that's got to go that, yep. that's out at this point yep you take a quarterback or you piss off the whole fan base and yeah and you gotta hit on it so <laughs> yep i mean we're yep. we're we're 
we're not getting paid to evaluate all these players. We know who we like, but it, it's it's their jobs on the line. Yeah, if, it, it is. You're we're not right. Sugarcoat it. Like this is this is real. But you know, we've seen rookie quarterback, not rookie, but sophomore quarterbacks. I mean that they're they're in playoff contention. We we saw Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence, divisional round. I mean, there, there's quarterbacks that uh, it, it's getting young out there. Mm-hmm. We see all these young QBs in the playoffs. What's the oldest one? Like 27, I think. 26. It's Mahomes, yeah. I think, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Imagine Mahomes being the <laughs> oldest. The oldest. <laughs> like we have to put this in perspective, guys. Like we can. That this is not a full rebuild. We are not the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. We have quality players. We need a quality coach, quality QB. Some offseason moves. I, I I honestly think we can get back into it, especially in our division with you know AFC South. It, it's going to be the new NFC East at some point, yeah. um, unless well I don't know. They just hired D'Amico Ryan's Texans might they're they're starting to get some picks. They're they're going to make a move around. Jaguars are on the rise. Titans they're kind of in limbo right now. That I think they're going to be the next ones to fall off. But either way, I think the Colts still always have a chance, and I'm ready to cheer them on every day. For sure. Um, And one more question for you, Eric. This is completely one I just thought of just now. So looking at what we have that happened with with Shaq, we paid him all this money, all this guaranteed money, largest linebacker contract. We see an injury. He doesn't play well. He doesn't play at all this season, essentially. Anthony played, what, three games. Um, We look at Quentin Nelson, biggest contract ever for for the guard. A terrible season for him. Not a terrible season in a row, a terrible season for him. We got JT next up on the board. I mean, at, at, do, do you continue the streak of paying these max contracts for what it's worth to these players that have had injury issues? Do you run that risk? So was Jonathan Taylor a one-off too? Like, I mean, that's another discussion because yeah. I, I – the offensive line regressing also impacted Jonathan Taylor's performance mm-hmm. this year, but also Jonathan Taylor slightly regressed in my opinion, as far as, I mean, his pass blocking assignments was weird. Like he was just missing them. Uh, I didn't see that giant explosion, but maybe one or two games. It looks like he was injured a lot this season. Yeah. So I'm willing to give him a pass because of what he did in that MVP season, essentially. Uh, it, if it continues, you know, into next season, and Taylor's not the Taylor we saw from two years ago, yeah, we're gonna be having that discussion too. <laughs> All right, I like that answer. I like that answer. Shaquille Leonard, he's got to get back healthy, or I don't even want to talk. I don't. I don't want to even talk about that. He's such a good player when he's healthy. And, oh my god, that the fact that our defense was really good without him it's, it's a good sign so if he can come back oh my goodness we're gonna be good well that's gonna be it for us everyone thank you for listening to the Colts cast as always we are live on apple podcast spotify youtube or any platform you use to listen to podcasts we'll be back next time to give you some more indianapolis Colts content i'll take care take care enjoy the super bowl have a good weekend <laughs>